0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat sermon by Rabbi Rebecca Schatz. You all know how much I enjoy teaching on the Bema, uh, and though I also love giving formal sermons, this week I started to create the source sheet that if you saw in the bulletin, You saw had many pages (laughs) and many sources, and I realized, you know what? It'll be easier for me to get through this material and get to my point if I share it as a sermon, but I also wanted you to be able to see what those sources were. Um, I began to read through the Parsha, and as I alluded to a little bit earlier— I noticed that so many of the laws that come as the rabbis believe, you know, the the kind of the the first introduction to what turned out to be the 613 vote, the 50-some-odd laws that then turn into a longer list that equals then to 613, and... I was surprised at so many of them, when reading through, connected kind of almost as like subsets to what the Ten Commandments are. I'm a very visual learner, and one of the ways that I learn best is by writing things out almost by charting things and so the way that I thought about it in my head was you know commandment one from last week with examples of laws that we were receiving this week almost falling underneath it as if there was a header and then sub sub content that went underneath it so that's where this drosh comes from And if you're interested, if you didn't look at the source sheet that's in the bulletin, what you'll see on that source sheet is some of the ways that I come to the conclusions that are in this drosh. So you don't need the source sheet for what I'm about to say, but some of those examples will, will be a little bit clearer if you have the, the verses in front of you. <clears throat> One of my, oh, sorry. Could you hear me while I was doing all that? Without the mic, okay, great. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize the microphone was so far away. <clears throat> so, one of my favorite parts of, <clears throat> excuse me, there's something stuck in my throat. One of my favorite parts of the rabbinate is working with conversion students they help me teach and think about elements of my life that are like mother's milk to me and in teaching i then question my own answers i question whether i practice enough or really believe in something when i'm asked But why? (laughs) I think more deeply about halacha that I am asking a conversion student to hold by because I think it's important, but ultimately need to be able to explain the how and the why. For the past few weeks, most of my current eight conversion students have asked the question, okay, so what do I do now while I wait for the mikvah to reopen? What else should I be doing? What book should I be reading? What classes should I be taking? What questions should I be asking and discussing? And my response to each one of them is exactly the same. Take the next step deeper into your process. You've read a book about Israel. Now read a book about American Jewry. You've made sure to buy kosher meat as a first step. Now make sure that that meat is eaten separate from dairy. Next steps trying things out now so that when you are done with the conversion process and you enter judaism which is his own journey you've tried elements of jewish life that are either meaningful to you or that you'll find other ways to make meaningful Kashrut is often the hardest and not because of the conversion student but because of their family or because of their partner the student might be ready to try but the partner or the family has reservations about why or how that will impact their daily menu or routine. I explained to one such couple a few weeks ago that growing up keeping kosher and then choosing to not keep kosher is one thing. But never having experienced cash root and just deciding it's not important or fulfilling is really quite different. So try it out as a couple, I said. See how it feels. And if it works, if this is something meaningful for your Jewish home, then you'll continue doing it in this way and take even more next steps. Parashat Mishpatim is the second part of our revelation. Some would even say it is the second revelation at Sinai. Last week we received the Ten Commandments, and this week Moses returns to hear the beginning of our 613 mitzvot and comes back to the people with the, quote, rest of the Torah. One aspect of parashat mishpatim that has always struck me is the lack of importance that we hold for the mitzvot, unlike the power that we feel when we read the Ten Commandments. Even in 2021, just last week, we stood, we listened to the Ten Commandments as if we were at Sinai. And some of us can list all ten, maybe not in exact order, but we know what those prime meats vote are for us. So how about those 50 some odd laws and parashat mishpatim? Where do they fit in into this important piece of our covenantal lives? I noticed in reading through the Parsha this week that many of the examples in Mishpatim directly connect to the categories of our Ten Commandments. Imagine an outline, as I just tried to explain before, where the Ten Commandments are at the top, and the subset of each commandment has more vote written below. Here's an example. Exodus 21, verse 15 says, One who strikes their father or mother shall be put to death. Then verse 17 says, One who insults their father or mother shall be put to death. From Parsha Mishpatim, it directs, directly correlates to, mecha. You shall honor your father and your mother. So, did Moses go back to Sinai to receive the Rashi on the Ten Commandments, pun included? Are these 50 ish commandments commentary on those big ten? It's possible. But also the Ten Commandments are categories of contractual agreement with God and our people, whereas the specific examples and actions of the laws found in Parshat mishpatim are covenantal. The Lubavitcher Rebbe has a very long teaching, which I summarized again on that source sheet in the bulletin, about the difference between these contractual and covenantal relations at Sinai, revelations, excuse me, and relationships at Sinai. There is a contractual agreement, the commandments and accepting them, and then there's this covenantal bond, the rituals and the rites, and each are their own experience of revelation. The contractual revelation is just knowing that there are laws, that we need to abide by them, and that God is behind those laws to form this connection and bond with us. The covenantal revelation is how the mitzvot allow for us to feel that relationship within our tradition, within our family, within our religion, through living and experiencing them. The Ten Commandments set for us rules and regulations, but don't describe to us how to live according to those laws. In Parashat Mishpatim, we receive this second piece of revelation. Potentially, I would say, the more important piece to continue Jewish life, knowing how to connect our Judaism with our daily living. At the end of the list of laws in Parashat Mishpatim, we hear the famous words, v'nishma. we will do and then we will understand. Sforno comments that this is God's way of saying, try things out. There might not always be reward for the things you try, but you'll understand something better if you've had experience with it. We are living today a constant world because at times we just have to keep going on without knowing what might happen. What might happen to plans made or how people react to something new. We're trying out new things to learn to how to engage community, how to pray in solitude, how to teach without a classroom, how to travel the world without a plane ticket. Some of these things will revert back to the quote before COVID normal and others will have influence from all the ways we tried and succeeded. I believe services will forever have a live stream component now, not with a screen in front of the rabbi, but a way for you to interact with services from home. I believe all Simchas will have a Zoom option. I believe all TBA programming will have virtual ways of including yourselves and participating. And all because We tried something, and now we understand from a different angle and a different perspective. We've moved from the contractual aspect of spiritual community to the covenantal. We know what to do and what is needed, and now we're experimenting with how, with how to make it part of our everyday life. The Ten Commandments of Jewish life are not changing. And the mitzvot that we try to take on and encounter daily are modifying to our experience and need in our lives today. So I hope that this Shabbat we're each able to think, just like my conversion students, what's that next step? What's one more thing that I could na'aseh, that I could try, so that I could nishma, so that I could better understand? What's that next thing that my soul needs to do better, to connect, to living the life that I'm being asked to live. We're each very aware of our contractual revelation. But this week, our Torah asks us to dig deeper and to explore what covenantal revelation is awaiting us. Shabbat shalom. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles.